Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Travel anywhere in the world and you will learn just how different other cultures can be from our own. Nowhere is this more evident than in their holidays. For example, Christmas isn't widely celebrated in Japan. Only 1% of the population there identifies as Christian, and those who participate in the festivities do so differently from other countries. In Japan, many people don't cook a turkey with all the trimmings for their Christmas dinner. They go to KFC. The tradition started back in 1974 when the fast food chain began offering a holiday-themed meal based on the standard fare that Americans ate at holiday time. Almost 50 years later, KFC is still so popular during Christmas that orders must be placed months in advance. Mexico, on the other hand, is home to a yearly festival every December known as the Night of the Radishes. The purple root vegetables are grown specifically for this three-day event and are carved into elaborate statues and dioramas. Carvings are begun the morning of December 23rd and finished by that evening so everyone can enjoy the finished artworks over the next few days. Meanwhile, a very different kind of holiday is celebrated in Nederland, Colorado. It's centered around a man named Bredo Morstol, otherwise known as Grandpa Bredo. Grandpa Bredo was born and raised in Norway. He was a fan of the outdoors and spent much of his time hiking and fishing during the warmer months, while skiing in the winter. He loved being outside so much he made his living at it for 30 years as a parks director where he lived. Grandpa Bredo sadly died in 1989 of a heart condition, but his family wasn't quite ready to lose him just yet. They had him put on ice and shipped to Oakland, California, where a cryonics facility was standing by to preserve his body with liquid nitrogen. He stayed there, suspended, for four years until his body was reclaimed by his daughter and her son, who had been working on a cryonics initiative of their own in Colorado. Their efforts didn't last long, however. The grandson was deported from the U.S. after his visa had expired, and so Grandpa Bredo's daughter, Odd, hid her father's frozen body in a shed behind her house, packed with dry ice. Things only went from bad to worse after that. She'd already lost her son, and now she was in danger of losing her father, Again, the authorities evicted Odd from her home for living there without any running water or electricity. Without her there to monitor the condition of her father's body, she was worried he would thaw out and decompose. So the city gave her an ultimatum. Dispose of the corpse or spend 10 days in jail. In fact, the whole ordeal had forced a change to the city's local ordinances. From that point forward, no resident of Nederland, Colorado, would be allowed to store a dead body on their property. That went for beloved pets, too. Odd and Grandpa Bredo, however, were the exception. Because the story had brought so much unwanted attention to the city, they allowed the deceased patriarch to stay in his shed. 
Unfortunately, there was still the matter of his upkeep, which required considerable amounts of dry ice to preserve his condition. Luckily for him, that also had been taken care of. His grandson had put out a classified ad seeking to hire someone to tend to his grandfather's frozen body. Bo Schaefer, the CEO of a local cryonics company, answered the call. He started coming to the shed once a month along with several volunteers and 1,600 pounds of dry ice, which they would pack against Grandpa Bredo's coffin, keeping him at a frosty minus 60 degrees Fahrenheit. The manufacturer of the shed he'd been stored in also got involved and built Grandpa Bredo a new enclosure that would better facilitate Schaefer's preservation efforts. All of this fuss turned Grandpa Bredo into a local celebrity, so much so that in 2002, a holiday was started in his name. Well, sort of. Frozen Dead Guy Days is a two-day festival celebrated, quite appropriately, over a weekend in March, just as winter begins to thaw and spring buds bloom. Among the many activities there are live music performances, tours of Grandpa Bredo's shed, coffin races, and even a Grandpa Bredo look-alike contest. A local ice cream company also sells a special flavor aptly called Frozen Dead Guy, made of dark blue ice cream to symbolize the festival's namesake, crushed-up Oreos for the dirt, and sour gummy worms crawling out of it. Yum. Frozen Dead Guy Days has been known to draw as many as 25,000 people to Nederland, Colorado, making the icy celebration the hottest ticket in town. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You might not realize it at first, but the buildings and rooms we pass through every day are home to all kinds of secrets. Walk the streets of New York or Philadelphia and you might notice symbols on the buildings. A letter G or an hourglass could indicate that it had been built by Freemasons. Freemasons have become the stuff of legend who often find themselves the subject of countless books and films, and for good reason. Lost treasures, the Knights Templar, secret rooms and passageways, it's enough to warrant an action movie or three. 
For a sculptor named John, his status as a Freemason would allow him to build the most important room in America, one that no one would ever see. John was born in 1867 in an unincorporated part of the U.S. known as Idaho Territory. He grew up in a family of Mormon polygamists, his father making a living as a talented carpenter. As the family moved around the country, first to Missouri, then to Nebraska, John began working with his hands like his father. Eventually, he channeled his passion into sculpture. He studied art in both San Francisco and Paris for some time before returning to the U.S., setting up shop in New York City. It wasn't long before one of his sculptures was bought and put on display by the Metropolitan Museum of Art, a first for a living American sculptor. The Church of St. John the Divine then hired him to craft statues of the Twelve Apostles for the exterior of their cathedral. However, John had greater aspirations. Literally, on the advice of his wife, he turned toward creating massive works, such as a giant bust of President Abraham Lincoln. The marble statue currently sits in the Capitol Crypt in Washington, D.C., His work only grew from there, and John graduated from marble to the quartz monzonite of Stone Mountain in Georgia. He had been hired by C. Helen Plain, a member of the United Daughters of the Confederacy, who wanted to honor her ancestors. She tasked him with carving a gigantic bas-relief into its side. John's original plan was to depict a procession of the three most important Confederate leaders of the Civil War, General Stonewall Jackson, Jefferson Davis, and General Robert E. Lee as well as a thousand soldiers behind them. But the project was plagued by issues, mostly monetary, and so John was fired after having only carved out part of Lee's head. He then destroyed his blueprints and models, fleeing to North Carolina to avoid a warrant that had been issued for his arrest. The rest of the memorial was completed over the next four decades by numerous sculptors and architects, and was finally opened to the public on April 14th of 1965, exactly 100 years after Lincoln's assassination. Despite his reputation for arrogance and being difficult to work with, as well as his ties to the Ku Klux Klan, John was still in high demand. A new project on the horizon would cement his name into the history books as one of the greatest and most problematic sculptors of all time. The task? One room. A room that measured 100 feet long and 80 feet tall. Built into its stone walls, John envisioned brass cabinets meant to house the most important items in American history— namely the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. It was intended to be an ode to American exceptionalism, complete with key events in the country's history carved into the sides, as well as busts of United States presidents, scientists, artists, and industrialists. John and his fellow Freemasons started working on it in the summer of 1938, continuing until 1941 when two major issues brought the project to a halt. For one, the U.S. was entering World War II, and funding was going to dry up for some time. Secondly, John passed away in March of that year. His work would have to be completed without him. Unfortunately, the Hall of Records was abandoned for 60 years. In that time, the scope changed considerably. For one, it would no longer hold the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution. Well, not exactly. Instead of the original parchment documents, the Hall of Records contains a single wooden box— inside of which were placed 16 porcelain plates, and on those plates were written the complete texts of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence. The box was then stored in a titanium vault beneath a half-ton granite capstone at the hall's entrance. No one is allowed inside the Hall of Records. In fact, most people can't even see it, despite its prominent location. That's because its creator, John G. Borglum, built it right behind Abraham Lincoln's head, into the side, 
of Mount Rushmore. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.